Stories connect us as humans. A well-told story can motivate and inspire us. Storytelling is the ultimate superpower. Be The Drop is a weekly podcast that investigates how to tell stories that engage. Join me, Amelia Veal, on our shared journey to become better storytellers. In episode 200 of Be The Drop, JP Drake from Drake Supermarkets discusses his mission to disrupt his industry by doing the right thing, telling the truth and being honest. He also shares numerous from-the-frontline COVID-19 stories and reveals his top tips for storytelling in retail marketing. This is JP's version of Be The Drop. Are you starting a podcast? Narrative Marketing delivers a full range of podcast production and training options. Visit narrativemarketing.com.au or hit the link in the show notes for more details. JP, thank you so much for being here for not only our next episode of Be The Drop, but our 200th episode of Be The Drop. I'm so excited. And to be the 200th person on your podcast, that's amazing. And I was just thinking about, I was listening to some on the way here. And annoyingly enough, every time that I was listening, when my phone shut down, the podcast stopped, so I had to keep going back. So I got very good at listening to them. It's amazing, FN 200. It's well done. That's a lot of years' work to get 200. It is. It's nearly four years. So it's exciting. So thank you very much for being here for this special episode. And we thought, what a great opportunity to get you on board because you're a passionate storyteller. You know, you have built a fantastic profile telling very great stories and I'd really like to hear about that and share some of your tips about how you've built your profile. But to get us started, can you share with us your item of significance? So at home, I do have this piece and it's in our, it's in our lounge room and it's a picture of my wife and my two daughters and they're looking, we're looking at a pond. It's like, at the time, I'll be honest with you, my wife is saying, oh, we should get these family portraits. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, what sort of garbage sort of thing. And I was really begrudging to do it. And then when I went down there and we did it, it was like a really special moment. And I look at that piece all the time in the house almost every night, and it really symbolises to me how important the family is. And me growing up, you know, my old man, he worked every day, every second of the day, and I never actually got to see him hardly at all. And to go and marry into a family that's really tight family and then to never have that before, I was learning about what being fa around families really like. And to me, it's really important to have that bond, to have that safety net of your family where I don't really think I had, I had a great family, don't get me wrong, my mum and dad, fantastic, but to not have the bigger family around because, you know, I was with a father that literally worked every second of the day and that came with some consequences and for me it's about learning from that experience and I, and I look at it and think you know just how fortunate I am to have an awesome family fantastic wife fantastic kids and to be able to grow our family to the way that we want to that unfortunately my dad wasn't able to do mm, it's interesting what a great story thank you but as you're talking I'm thinking how interesting because the juxtaposition to for me is that you work in a family business yeah <laughs> so there's a bit of irony there yeah the irony uh, you know we I do work in a family business have my whole life uh, I think I had a week off for schoolies and went down to Victor and then after that was full-time the whole time and you know, I'm 30 years this year full-time so I look, I look a lot younger um, than I am. Um, and in that process, you know, we were, I was working in a family business, but dad has never been my boss. My boss is the general manager of the business and, and 
if you can get something past him, you can get something past dad. So it was set up very early. Dad was a bit too emotional about dealing with the kids and how he could deal with us. So you never went to dad with a problem. You always went to the GM. So for me, yes, working with dad ran a bit of a muck when I was younger, probably wasn't the best kid on the planet and really came into things, you know, literally when I met Nat, um, which is my wife, and sort of was at a right timing for me to start to go, hang on, let's start focusing solely on what, what you're doing and what you what you want to do for the rest of your life and make sure you have fun doing it. And that, that has formed our relationship a lot closer with my dad than it ever was before. So I've been really fortunate to be able to do that and just a bit unfortunate in the early days, but hey, that's how it goes. And as you're talking, there's, you know, a couple of things that really stand out for me is that transparency and honesty and humanness, you know, you're really talking about there was me and my dad and we were faces and people. Is that what people are, you know, your audience has really responded to? 100%. That's what people are adapting to and if you talk about things that you know we wanted to when we started to build the warehouse our industry and I'll say the supermarket retailing industry has not been the most honest industry on the planet and you know we've got some big players out there that control a stupid amount of market share which makes it extremely difficult for anyone else Coles, Woolies and Audi they're so powerful that for the smaller player it's a lot harder and people people don't realize that in Australia for every hundred dollars you spend in retail, eighty dollars of that goes to Coles and Woolies. So not not to the supermarket. They own Target and Big W and BWS and Dan Murphy's and like it goes on. They own they're the biggest pokies distributors on the planet. Um, bigger than in Las Vegas and people just forget that. But what that does, it gives you power. That means you can buy sites that can lose money for long periods of time. And we needed to make sure people got to hear this story. And, and if you've been watching any of my content, you do notice we do talk about the milk, the farm gate pricing, how basically someone at Coles makes a decision for a dollar milk, the farmers get screwed, many people go to business, lives are gone, and now 50% of our fresh milk is owned by foreign investment. Now, to me, that's not acceptable. And we need to tell the public this because people are outraged when you tell them. And having a face that's not afraid, good or bad, to tell the story and to story tell is what we've done. And when we started the warehouse, the big thing we wanted to do, we wanted to be open, we wanted to be honest, we wanted to be transparent and communicative, which is we want to tell the story. And most importantly, we wanted to be customer led. And we want to make sure that we're listening to our customers and being able to deliver the things that they want and not the other way around, not manufacturing led, not supplier led, customer led. So we are listening a lot more than ever before. And I think people really appreciate the fact that these are real people. They're getting out there. They're telling their story. Some of it good, some of it bad, but we're, we're not hiding from things. We're on the front foot. So mm. it's very much been well received by the public. So what was the time frame then, you know, 2019 winning that award? When did you start doing the retail rap? Like, you know, and how did you find your footing in LinkedIn? How did you go from beginning to <laughs> then winning the top award? Oh, we, we'd, I'd always put out videos of some description, albeit the digital team would think that a little bit too uh, raw um and when i was editing editing myself and stuff like that and i was a bit biased because i was putting it out and then the retail wrap we got a little bit more professional you mentioned sam davies before he had uh, helped us set up that we paid for an, an editor and a team for the first three or four we used nate dog for that and 
it was one of those things where like, this is a good thing. We put it out, we'd be happy if we get 100 views, maybe 1,000 would be re- really good. And in the end, we're getting five, 10,000 views. Like tw- we, you know, One of the stories was 25,000. And for us, it was like, oh, that's amazing. And so the content comes up and we control. So let's go to October. So this was leading in just before, so probably September, where we started really concentrating on the retail wrap. And then we started the warehouse, you know, literally October. It was an 11-month build. It was, it was an amazing. So this is just, just last year. So we had content out before. We had social media platforms using it as well. We were using the Drake's platform on Facebook. And we started to go a bit more, I wouldn't say professional, but a bit more, hey, this is how it's done these days. Let's tell the story of the retail wrap. So that period at the end of the year, LinkedIn contacted us and I didn't get back to him. I thought it was spam. I actually thought it was someone. <laughs> I thought it was someone on the team having a bit of a, a joke. Like, and I remember sending the email out. So our team consists of uh, V's, a digital, uh, she's the executive producer. We call her, I think she's a digital, digital manager. Um, we've got uh, Gemma and we've got Ollie, who's one of our editors and that's it. And I thought one of them was having a bit of a joke about this. And I, I, in the end, it wasn't. And someone actually rang from LinkedIn and said, are you going to fill out this? And we're like, oh, I said, oh, I thought it was a joke. And in the end, it became a bit of a joke. And then they chased us up because it wasn't working and we were giving feedback. And that's why we had fun with the platform. And we found LinkedIn's been really good for industry. So you can see who's watching your videos. So for me, I know CEOs and executives are watching it. I know that people on the Eastern seaboards and they control the money that comes to South Australia. So tick, tick, um, informative. This is what we're doing. Hey, this is Drake's. And a lot of the businesses never heard of Drake's, to be honest. They deal with Coles and Woolworths and that's all they really need to hear. So to see, see us stand on our own two feet in South Australia solely because of the stuff that we're producing and people are seeing on a mass market, we know we do great things in this state. And people never saw it. Now they're starting to see it. And mm. it's, it's actually, yeah, the, the, pro, the time frame was quite short. But yeah. we, we're, I'm a LinkedIn fan. I'm not hiding it. I've, I send messages to them, ask how I can do LinkedIn Live. Um, now I can do polls. I'm so excited. So, you know, <laughs> I, I want to use that platform because that platform's been really good to us. It's been a great mouthpiece. We've had many people present products to us. Many people try and sell me stuff, probably too many off LinkedIn. But... I get the introduction. You're on your own. Here's the category managers. And we sort of short circuit that. And we use LinkedIn as that as a predominant one. And just in recent times, we've set up more of a business JP Drake instead of Shake and Drake. Cause on Facebook I had too many people looking at my personal life and I get, you know, you can't please everyone all the time. Anyway, so I get criticized all the time anyway. So yeah, uh, sort of, okay, let's go more of a business style so we can really promote the stuff that we do and and get it out there. Yeah, because then this culminated into, you know, LinkedIn using the platform and then during COVID in one of your videos, in the middle of the video really, like, you know, it wasn't your leading point, you mentioned toilet paper and the toilet paper wars and people, you know, obviously doing the really wrong thing, buying bulk and then trying to profit and sell them. It got shut down and tried to sell it back to you, like honestly the cheek of some people and you called it out and then went global. Yeah, well, it, it, it just comes into the motto of being open, honest, transparent. It really showed the things that we were feeling just recently before that. So I'll give a bit of clarity to that clip. It was a retail wrap 
it was the last segment. So it was a seven minute clip. It was the, it was in the six minute mark or something. I just gave the person the bird like that. I had a whole rant and they were saying, no, you can't say that. I was like, F this, F that. And they, <laughs> and they said, you can't say that, can't say that. And in the end, I just went like that. So what I really wanted to say never got released, but it's funny. You know, I wouldn't have picked that. And funny enough, the team picked up on just that and that's what they went with. And, yeah, so so what had happened previous to that, we'd just done a video about this was week three of COVID. So you go back to week three of COVID rush, we called it, mm. and m- the staff were feeling it because we yeah. were getting hammered. Like, where's the stock? Where's this? You hold it, you're hiding the toilet paper. You know, why can't I get cleaning goods? Where's the hand soap? It's just not good enough. And it was <laughs> we were doing everything we could. Yeah. And it wasn't us. I started to speak to the staff and we ran a video, I think it's called We're, We're Human Too, you know, and I spoke to five five staff on the front end and asked them, how are you feeling? And the reactions were amazing. Like one girl started crying and like that, you know. I said, just tell us an example of something's happened. And like the examples they gave were just being abused for not having something caught, you know, they, they're some of these people, it's their 15, their 15 year old person, first job, and they're getting hammered by cut staff. And it really hit home. It's like, fuck, this is really affecting everyone. You could sense it because we were so busy and people worried about distancing and social distancing. It was a, it was a shit show to be honest. And mm. we were trying the best that we could. And in the end, we came up with, okay, let's concentrate on how you actually get it. Okay, touch points through the eyes, nose and mouth. So we released a video. We went and spoke to the head pharmacist from National Pharmacies. We did a clip with her. We asked her, how do you get this? How do you not get this? Um, What's the best ways to prevent? And then we released that video to staff. So staff could all see it and then make their own decisions because the media was basically saying, yeah, someone, you'll die. You get this, you die. Or you get the, you, everyone will get it. You just need to blow air in there. And, and that wasn't true. It was heavy particle coughing, hence the one and a half metres. That was how you generally get it. It wasn't like measles, which was a fine particle. And then you had to put that in your eyes, nose or mouth, right? But when we dumbed it back down, that was really how you catch it. So we then sold that story to staff. We released the video to staff about, look, we're trying the best we can. And that resonated with the staff. So forget about the public. The staff came back and said, geez, really appreciate you talking to us. And, you know, it's just about doing what you do. We do this every day. Most people don't video it, right? So to get it out there and put the video out, and that's if I can say it to anyone, just film stuff, put it out because you never know. So then we got to the retail wrap. I just got the phone call. So the phone call came in through the head office and we'd made a call, no returns on toilet paper or hand sanitizer. And Judy, the receptionist, fantastic receptionist, she rang me up. She goes, you got to hear this. And so by the time I got to the front, it was just to the end. I'll give you a dip. So the guides, there's 150 one-litre hand sanitizers, 150 32-pack bulk roll toilet paper when no one had any. Wanted a refund. We said, no, no, no. And he said, I'll give you a 30% discount. So take 30% off it. And we still said no. And that's how you got the video, which it did go global. It's the first thing we've ever done that's gone, I would say, viral. I was on Fox 8, NBC. We were on the BBC World Breakfast Show. And like we had a lot of fun. Did 30 radio interviews and had fun with it because – it showed a lot about our brand and when you really look deep into it, 
that is us. We we have fun with what we do. We listen to our, pe- our people, our team. Um, we we react on what they're doing, so how they're feeling. It was hence why we brought out videos to talk about. Oh, this is how you can get rid of that stress level. Don't you know? In the end, if you can't do it, you can't do it. Don't 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 get scared by. It. And we listen. And you know, we're Australian. Not not that they're giving the birds Australia, but it's a very appropriate thing to do at the time because we'd had enough. Our front end had had enough. Every single person in the business had enough. And after doing that clip. It seemed like the whole world had had enough of this sort of behaviour and, you know, I give eBay credit on that one. They, they shut the guy's eBay account down and that's why he got caught with so much product because he was absolutely price gouging people in need and to me that is just un-Australian. It's unacceptable and, you know, I could imagine some old granny paying 70 bucks for that because they needed it. I, I had people in tears over toilet paper crying because mm. they couldn't get any. And I was, uh, it, it, we all know it. Everyone went through it. Yeah. And I mean, it's hard now because in Australia we're incredibly lucky because we've come through the cycle. So even though it wasn't that long ago, I feel like at the time it was really anxious and stressful, but those levels have dropped down. So it's it's harder now to remember. But no, was, totally. Yeah. It's like anything. It, you, you move on and you just look at it and go, hope it doesn't happen again, hope we don't have a second outbreak. And it's a part of life, but it's how you deal with the situations that change. You know, and Australia's dealt with them really well. I think Drake's over the pandemic dealt with it extremely well. We produced some television, so if you want to see another storytelling side, we during during it we wanted to tell the story about how good our suppliers were because we had just had such a good run with supply that we needed to tell the story. So we came out those support local and keep your money in the state in Australia. And that really resonated with everyone as well. So we, we were hitting multiple levels and everyone goes, oh, what was the one thing? Yeah, the one thing we did was give the bird is priceless. So there's no amount of money could get that exposure. But we were on TV, we were on radio, we were on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, all of all of the mediums which were saying the same message. So when people were hearing it, it was congruent with everything we were saying. And when you're doing the right thing, telling the truth and being honest, this can only be a positive. And we looked at it as that is the way forward for us from now on. We will definitely make sure we are different than our opposition supermarket retailers by be by doing what we say we're going to do in an honest and truthful manner. And if we can do that, we will definitely be different than every other supermarket chain, definitely in this country and maybe the world. Yeah, I like that. And so then in all of this, you know, storytelling has been something you've mentioned multiple times and it's something that you, you know, obviously are passionate about. What is it about storytelling for you and why do you think it's powerful? There's no doubt some people are born with the ability to write words. Some people are born with the ability to say words. You need the combination to tell stories in this modern day world. And I believe the person that is able to deliver a story as it's told and, you know, good joke tellers, all of these people that can formulate a good punchline, a good story, they will stand out in the crowd because we are creating a, a whole 
generation of people that are zoomed in on the phone and people go, oh, these people, they're unconnected. They're always, no, they're actually connected with more people. Where back in my day, you used to have to get on the phone and ring someone and you'd be ringing one person at a time and you would speak to your schoolmates. That was it. Now people are speaking to 10 people, 20 people, hundreds of people, thousands of people. So you are you are engaging with more people, but how you tell that story is going to be crucial moving forward. And my, my, my term with the storytelling piece is you need to be able to telling stories about things that you do that aren't made up and being yourself and being very self-aware of what you're doing. It's easy because you're doing it. What you'll see, what you see on videos, I do every day. Some of the stories are a bit, not, I don't do every day, but I've got enough handle to get on to, to talk about them. So it's just crucial to be able to tell the truth. You're asking what good points are for them or to tell the truth. Just be honest with what you're doing. Be transparent. You know, answer your people that send you messages or you comment on your YouTube page. You know, ask them, hey, thanks for the comment. Like, talk to them because I feel like with LinkedIn specifically and now YouTube we're starting to push a little bit, we're engaging with all of the comments. Like we respond to every single comment that's that's there. Um, some of it's good, some of it's bad, some of it I learn things and some of it I don't. But if I don't engage, then I'm just pushing out content. It's like a newspaper, huh? It's like watching the news on TV. But when we're producing content that we can control, we can respond to, and we have conversations around, that's powerful. And, you know, I look at people like Joe Rogan, who, you know, MMA fighter, comedian, um, just done a massive deal with Spotify for $100 million to put all of all of his content. So pulling everything off YouTube and putting it all onto Spotify's new platform video, that shows you the power of someone that can tell stories because he is an amazing podcaster. I don't know if you've listened to Joe, yeah. but he, you know, and to hear him talk and hear about people like you do, like sometimes I talk too much in a podcast, for my own ones where it's always the guest that should talk more and you listen to how powerful it is of him getting people to talk because I believe everyone's got a great story to tell. It's just a matter of who that story gets told to. You've got an amazing story to tell. Every single person on the planet does and some people have it a bit harder to articulate and some people don't. Like, you know, the, the stuff that we read for the story part is we get the stories together as a group and then we get better, you know, make it sound a bit better English, as I put it. And I don't do that. My English is shocking, but I can deliver the, the message a lot easier. So that's my strong skill set. So crucial moving forward. I think everyone needs to tell their story about their own business, their own journey, their own life, because I'm yet to meet someone that hasn't had something fascinating to learn mm. about. And it's just learning off people. It's all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, over 200 episodes, the things that I've learned, it's right. incredible. And, you know, oh, I could only imagine I've, we've done 11 podcasts and no 12, 12, sorry. And all long format though. So all probably a minimum of two hours. So yeah. they're, they're good time to spend and learn so much with someone and every single one of them I've got value total yeah. value for some of them even changed my eating habits bloody yeah. hell because it's enough engagement for me to go you know what that that to me means something i want to make sure i do yeah. it so it's practical yeah. as well all right well jp thank you so much for sharing so many insights it's been incredible i knew it would be in conclusion though can you finish with your be the drop tip so that's your top tip for communication that motivates and inspires it's very simple and if I was um, branding for Nike, it's just do it. 
and people think, oh, I need a budget. I need, you know, I need someone to film. I need someone to edit. I need a professional camera. These days you don't. Every single person's got a mobile phone that can easily, you can do podcasts on mobile phones. You can film on mobile phones. And my advice is to just do it. If you're thinking about putting out something of some content, just do it. Whether it's like we've talked about growing mushrooms or like gardening or doing lawn. If you're passionate about something, your passion will shine through voice or through video. It will shine because it's hard to get away from someone that's passionate. And when you hear them talk and hear them story and, you know, you, you get excited by it and you, it, it just becomes engaging. And to me, it's just do it. I'm saying whatever you want to do, just do it. Um, something that you're passionate about. And the other thing I say to everyone, people that work with us, hey, I don't force you to come to work. If you're not happy here, find something that makes you happy because before you know it, you'll be sitting retired thinking, what the fuck have I just done with my life? Where I, I say it to the kids, do something that you love. You know, I understand that supermarkets ain't for everyone, but it's not just supermarkets anymore. We've got some of the best you know, AI robots going on down at our new distribution center. We've got distribution center, news agency business, liquor business, supermarket. You could, you know, we've got accounting, HR. You know, we've got teams of people that would have never thought they'd go work in a supermarket. And for me, it's just about following your dreams, do something you love and understand it might not pay everything that you want, but you at least be happy. And being happy is the, being happy is by far the biggest thing I could leave with anyone is just be happy with what you're doing. It'll be far more valuable than anything else that you do in life. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. This is a Narrative Network podcast.